0: Osiris Hey this is Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters, and this podcast is part of the Osiris Podcast family. Osiris is a growing community of music and culture podcasts, connecting music fans with conversation, commentary, and music. Osiris, Osiris.
1: <laughs> sounds like you're living the dream harvey you Living the dream
0: aren't we all i um today's story is that um so you know we had to live in all pairs
1: yes had it's a had
0: right past tense um mm-hmm. they left a week and a half ago mm-hmm. and um so then we did like well, we like immediately try to find somebody else and there's a family that lives across the street. There's a girl in college who has been basically yes. home quarantining. She goes to UK mm-hmm. and um, we're like, how long till you go back on campus? And she's like August 13th. So it was, you know, well, you want to come watch the boys? And she said, yeah. So she's been coming since last Wednesday. And mm-hmm. it's interesting cause she's like, um, cause the, you know, the, the niece's boyfriend who was doing it before was mm-hmm. was great but like he he's basically like me and you you know what i mean like he's like tries to reason with the children and <laughs> like you know tell them how things are and you know I mean, he's he was great but still different falls on
1: deaf ears most of the time
0: right and so but the girl across the street is a little more like loving and supportive. And that is really what, especially the youngest one needs right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's good, but what she does, what she lacks, we have learned is any sort of skills in the kitchen. And <laughs> that was, that was like one of the activities that they did with Jonah was like, they would do, you know, they'd make bread or rice crispy treats or, yeah. you know, ice cream or whatever. Uh-huh. And, and, And uh, so they tried ice cream yesterday and failed, like used an entire thing of strawberries and Mm -hmm. basically made like sugar syrup Mm -hmm. stuff. And then um, today they tried Rice Krispie Treats. And I was I actually went into the office this afternoon when I came back. I saw the tray of Rice Krispie Treats that, you know, had that uh, signature brown with speckled black. (laughs) burned rice crispy treat you know what i mean i mean you've seen it before we've all seen it we've seen it yes and you know usually you like you'll eat a little bit and you're like ah, it's not terrible but it's not good mm-hmm. and um, so i was like oh well you know that happens and um so then quincy came home they were out on a bike ride and he came back and he's like did you see did you see what was in the kitchen i was like yeah i saw it he's like yeah it got a little burned it was like so i was like well, what happened and he's like well she put the rice krispies in before the marshmallows. So it's like, <laughs> she so fried. she had scorching napalm butter and just fried a, a, a thing of Rice Krispies. And so it's like, okay, but they managed to salvage it somehow. Uh-huh. And then, and then Rachel came home a little bit later and was like, um, Did you see the pot? And I was like, oh god, no. Oh no. And so I looked. And so we have this like my parents gave us this beautiful blue Le Crusade Dutch oven. You know, which is like my favorite pot. My favorite pot in the entire world. I use it all the time. (laughs) And it's amazing for Rice Krispie treats because they're like nothing sticks to it. You know what I mean? You (laughs) do it up and it's everything's good. Except apparently when you (laughs) fry rice krispies in a vat of butter and it was like i was like i because I mean, even when i'll like scorch you know something beans or something in it it's like you <clears> soak <throat> it for 15 minutes and then it just comes right up that's just how that's how it works but that was not the case with whatever happened today and um, i like scrubbed it and i was like oh god this is not good i mean it was like the entire bottom of the pot oh, like a no. big you know a large dutch oven so then i went to the google machine and was like, how do you clean burned bottom of you know uh-huh. Dutch oven, or you know, or porcelain or ceramic? I guess is one of those, right. And um, so here is the key: if anybody is 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 faced with this challenge, you boil water, you put it on the stove and boil uh, four cups of water, and then you add two tablespoons of baking powder. And then you let it go for a few minutes and then you use a wooden spatula and you start to scrape it off the bottom. Hmm. And that worked. It hey. took like it took like four times. Like it was like you used it up and there was like nothing left to do and you had to take it off and rinse it out and start again. Yeah. And that was that was what I was doing this last time before I came to the microphone, <laughs> doing the last the last scraping of black off the bottom of my bl- wow. beloved. Dutch oven.
1: <clears throat> so, first time I made Rice Krispie treats when I was a kid, I uh, decided I was going to do freeform Rice Krispies. And uh, I didn't want, I felt I didn't need the bar format. And I specifically remember w- wanting, you know, that feeling that you get when the Rice Krispie treats are warm and you mm. can like eat them just off the spoon. just want to the eat spoon. the whole thing. But yeah. You
0: know that you
1: shouldn't. Yeah. So, instead of putting them into a pan, I just left them in a bowl. And thinking that they would like stay somewhat soft, well, they didn't. Mm. So I remember specifically having a giant mound of Rice Krispie, and the way that you had to eat it was to take a knife and you basically shaved, like you shaved Rice Krispie (laughs) off off, off the off the mound. So that was Rice Krispie shavings. Yeah, Yeah. and then I uh, we had a had past tense a lovely La say that we had gotten for our wedding that I had not used it had moved multiple times and had never been used until maybe last year and I was going to make something that you did on the stove and then you would put into the oven and for some reason I didn't I thought I had the locker say you could put on the stove and then put into the oven well I didn't I had mm-hmm. the kind you can't do that <clears throat> and so I was sauteing or something and i don't know if i had added something i think must have added something to it and i was at the sink and all of a sudden i heard a and then oh no oh no and it completely cracked down the middle and like shattered and then whatever was in the whatever was in the pot pan just like went all down onto the burner Mm. yeah it was uh it was bad so i feel i feel the right you know the rice crispy f up and i feel the La say uh issues but i'm glad that um everybody it could be so much worse like one of my uh parents favorite stories to tell is when the babysitter i had i they're all girls that lived in our neighborhood and i got a cut one time and i we used to my dad used to put this stuff on my finger called Chrome. Do you know hmm. what this stuff is? Oh uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yes. It's, it's like quite, some kind
0: of silver thing,
1: right? Yeah, but it's like bright, 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 like reddish orange, and it's like okay. stains everything. Okay. And for some reason, I cut my finger. I don't know what happened, and I think it was it was either it was either Nancy or Darlene Endress, one of the two, and. We They put it on my finger and they spilled it like all over the bathroom and like mm-hmm. got on everything. And my parents still bring that up to this day. So, <laughs> And I, well, it's like we curicum sounds like something that will give you cancer. So um, right. that we used it regularly in my house.
0: <laughs> I'm guessing that's something that they have since learned that probably not the best thing to use.
1: My dad still has a bottle of it.
0: Yeah. yeah. And
1: I asked him if he, he still uses it when he cuts himself in like his wood shop
0: it's like, can you still buy that stuff or you have to <laughs> no, it's like, go to Mexico to buy that stuff?
1: It's like that uh, old school Freon that's really good for your cars, but terrible for the environment. And it's been outlawed. Like he's
0: hoarding like all these like toxic mm-hmm. things in the house. Yeah. So uh, it was funny coming, like, getting ready to sit down. I was like, you know what? Like we generally like just talk, you know, nonsense for the first oh, half hour of the show. And I was like, you know, we ought we to change things up this week. I just jump right into like music talk, panic talk, and I <laughs> failed, failed spectacularly. That's but, okay. Uh, yeah, that was a good story. Uh,
1: I-, I enjoyed hearing
0: it. Okay, cool. So we'll we'll get it to. We can do some more. Um, you know, uh, drift down the rabbit hole, but let's at least talk a little bit about the things that are happening in in the uh, the world of the subject of this podcast. <laughs> So, have you been watching um I've never miss a Sunday show? I
1: watched the uh two from the 90s. I watched 1798, which I was which I was there for and then uh 72199. Um I didn't watch this past weeks the New Year's Eve 2008 that didn't hold much interest for me.
0: No. Um, I had that I, well, I had really cool stuff with uh, Jeff Austin uh in like the middle of the second set. And so yeah. I made sure to watch that part and um I mean, it was perfectly fine. I think the band is better now than they were then. Yeah, definitely. But um, it was funny watching the people like celebrate New Year's Eve, like going into 2009. It's like that literally seems like a lifetime ago.
1: It might be the only time I was optimistic going into a new year.
0: I mean, like, they literally, we just elected Obama, uh-huh. you know? And I was like, look at all this stuff we have ahead of us. Like, good things. There are good things ahead, Jeff. No, <sighs> oh, we were so young then, Harvey. We were so young. <laughs> there will be again one day, perhaps. Um, so, yeah, no, that's been fun. I watched the um, same. So, like, definitely watch the two things from the 90s. And, I had seen i think they had put pieces of that nashville show up i think i feel like i've seen parts of that because it's like really dark it's like like, it's really
1: close like it's um the camera works not as good as what some of the others have been no it was was very it was like all up on jb which
0: yeah yeah i mean you could tell obviously that was like the you know the house you know video system which you would think there's got to still be a ton of those, right? I mean, they did that uh-huh. at, at Oak Mountain every year, you know, Walnut Creek. Like, there should be a a vast trove of those, whether or not they're, like, on deteriorating VHS tape somewhere in the basement in, in Athens, or maybe they're in better place. Who knows? I hope.
1: Did, I, the band, I hope. Uh, did the band get access to all that? Did, like, did they, I mean it was the venue shooting it. So did the band get a
0: copy of that? I mean, you would think, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know how that works. I mean, I know that a lot of the dead stuff that they've released has been that kind of footage. Um, so you would think that the band would have some right to it. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Um, but I mean, I have hope in the fact that this Milwaukee show has never been around ever. Yeah. Um, and so I assume that was an in-house production, right? I mean, yes,
1: it was. That's such a uh, random show to pick, too. Yeah, <laughs> totally random. But uh, it re- i mean, it was a show that I went to that I probably haven't revisited all that much. But it was fun to revisit it, especially being
0: able to see it and um, hat back here. It was a good and it was good sound. I mean, it, you could it hear sounded, it too. Good. Yeah, is, um, that is an era that I feel is. Uh, you know, I think the audience tapes from that era are, or can be rough, right? Cause There's, it was the audience you know, tape
1: from this show is not good.
0: Yeah. Um, um, most of summer 99, it just sort of boomy and uh, they're playing these big sheds too, which doesn't help, but um, it was nice to hear, a, you know, a pretty clean mm-hmm. uh, soundboard. And I, I have a feeling that, that a lot, a lot of those exist. Um, maybe we can talk to maybe Sam knows some more about that, but um but I enjoyed it. The stuff, uh-huh. the like the Tall Boy and Avis was super, super good. And like the Please Sandwich, I don't know that I ever knew that. Or I mean, I knew that those existed, but I didn't know that that was, you know, a thing that happened uh, in <laughs> Milwaukee and not in, in Milwaukee in 98, um, you know. And so, yeah, that was a fun show to watch. I really enjoyed it. That Use Me Diners pretty massive mm-hmm. that's one of
2: the, mm-hmm.
1: that was the highlight back then and is still the highlight now um the can't find my way home was was you know was was good I, I mean at the time being at the show it was pretty awesome but you know listening back now it's it's pretty butchered but you know who cares it's still yeah. it's still can't find my way home but um but yeah that was a that was a fun night that was a midweek show too if i recall and um they had done Summerfest. that was the f- third year out of four that they did Summerfest. Um they did it in 95 and then the two shows in 97, 98 and then took 2 years off and then came back in 01 and 02. Um uh, so, but, uh, 02 is the first Summerfest is the first show full show without uh, Mikey and all, all about George.
0: Man, that was yeah, I don't know how that show was, but um so uh, yeah, it made me think like so Summerfest is like a kind of a like a multi week thing, yes, right? Or at least like several. Ten, 10 days, I think. Okay. And it's, you know, I
1: forget how many stages, at least and, half a dozen. There's a main amphitheater, and then they just built, well, just within the last decade, they built a, another pavilion sort of. Near the big shed, which is um, we saw my morning jacket there, which is a pretty cool venue. And then there's all these sponsored stages, kind of spread throughout. And then you just pay one ticket price, and then you can just bop around to all the side stages. And then you just need a ticket for the um, main stage.
0: For the main show. And so, is that what this was? The yes. Marcus Amphitheater. That's the big shed. Yes. Do they? Is there are there shows there outside uh, of Summerfest? Like all summer uh, yeah. or not really.
1: Yeah, they are.
0: Okay. Um, okay they
1: are. I saw Dave Matthews there. I saw Horde Festival there in ninety ninety-five. Um, with Crows, Dave Matthews, and Blues Traveler, Wilco. That was pretty okay. good. Yeah. Um, but uh Summerfest, I mean Summerfest is one of those things where there's a group of people that love it and think it's like the greatest thing in the world, and there's a group of people that will tolerate it because that's their opportunity to see good bands. And then for me, it's like, I just hated it. I hated it because it's usually, it's on the lake. So it's, there can be a nice breeze and stuff, but God, just amateur, amateur drinkers and kids, you know, kids running around unsupervised and, You know, and like, the thing is, it's not like it's good bands that you want to see all day, like the bands you really want to see don't start until seven or eight o'clock and then they go, it goes until pretty late, but it's a, it's a scene, but they've, I mean, they've had amazing stuff there. Um, Prince played there one year and like delayed his show, like. I forget what it was like four hours or something like that. Like he just decided like, I'm just going to come out whenever I come out and turned out he was waiting for like the fireworks to finish. And then like when the fireworks were like peaking and finishing, like he decided to start the show like dirt. <laughs> so it's like, okay, that's pretty good. That's a good move. Yeah. Um, but yeah, of course this year it was canceled. Thanks Corona V. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was, um, see, this was the first time panic had played on the main stage that, two years they played at the liney lodge i think in 95 and then the miller oasis which was always the really big side stage where you could you know drink mass quantities of miller light and Mm -hmm. uh party down with widespread panic
0: nice yeah so that was that was fun to watch so i hope that they continue to do that i hope they dig into the vault a little bit more that was i was really excited to see a couple yeah a couple of shows um I mean, I okay. forgot
1: how. Oh, just one more thing. It's just no, you know, it, it was um, it was one of those things where I was watching them, and it was like, again, there's the show itself, like the music and whatnot, taking the music out of it. But if you just showed a video of that era of the band to somebody and said, "Dude, check out this band. Aren't they amazing?" And you watch them, and you're like, "This is like, they don't do anything. Like, what does this band do?" Pretty boring. And it, and it was. One of the things that I heard a lot, especially from my friends that were really into fish, was that they couldn't get into panic because the band didn't do anything. Like, you know. And I was like, "Well, what do you want? You like the whole shit that fish does with the, but I don't know, beach balls or I don't know the vacuum cleaner. I don't know. But anyway, but that was watching. I was like, oh my god, I says I I could totally." remember that criticism and i was you know not having seen that band <laughs> that, that way in a while I was like oh yeah I, I can see this now i can see this
0: yeah um yeah no i get it but you know the music that's coming off the stage is pretty hard to to deny that's sure. sure
1: and again you didn't go to watch things but if you're going to if you know the band and you know what to look for there's like interesting things to look at i mean i don't know i still enjoy watching john bell like play guitar and do all that like that stuff read like he bends the guitar mm-hmm. i almost i almost uh took a screenshot and sent it to you because of the one of the things i do miss which is the jv wanders over to mikey during a solo thing
0: oh God, yeah so, yeah so good it's just like and then the you know, like, you'll see him kind of look up at like because then mikey's just not even looking at me like he's like <laughs> yeah exactly. What's up? And he's like, hey, so yeah we're, we're over here. So. yeah um Okay, so uh, speaking of um, super awesome panic shows, we have uh, four months later come to the conclusion, almost, we're not quite done yet, near conclusion of the uh, Sweet 16 for COVID 19. Uh, we had our two semi final matchups, which have completed. Um, one was was a bit of a uh, a walk away, and then the other was was pretty tight, actually. Um, so I was happy to finally see a close. I feel just it feels like most of the matchups have been you know lopsided, not yet. blowout. Yeah, not blowouts, but just you know, it's convincing. Yes, uh, generally with the uh, the higher seeded uh, show advancing. So, um, so in the first semifinals, we had. Uh, Huntsville ninety-six as the one seed, uh taking on the Louisville Palace as the four seed. Uh and this one was not close. Sixty-seven to thirty-three percent uh for, for Huntsville over the palace. It was a good run for the palace, knocked off some good shows on the route there, but um yeah, it couldn't couldn't overcome the the power of of the Von Brown show, which I think is is likely the 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 heavy favorite going into the finals, um, where it will take on uh, the winner of the other semifinal, which was Myrtle Beach uh, five five ninety nine and uh, New Orleans ten twenty eight two thousand. Um, I guess those are both night twos of three night runs, mm-hmm. uh, one from the spring ninety nine and one from uh, October two thousand. And that was, I think, the, probably the closest matchup of the entire tournament. Uh, and it was the three seed, New Orleans 2000, advancing, uh, at least on the Twitter voting, by uh, just seven percentage points, 53 and a half to 46 and a half. So um, that was, was, you know, good to see. Good to see a good cl- close matchup. Facebook was a little bit wider, 58 to 42, but uh, mm-hmm. New Orleans won that one as well. So um, so good Good performance by the by the two thousand Halloween run.
1: Uh my favorite uh, part of the semifinals was the gentleman and his name escapes me, but the uh per, the gentleman who's been giving us heck for not putting five ten ninety seven into the bracket. Um I think it
0: was Jason Grant, right? Jason
1: Grant, yes, and uh who pointed out during the matchup while well, that where you pointed out something about where are my five seven ninety seven peeps at, and uh-huh. he responded with something of like well five ten ninety seven would have won or something like yeah, that yeah, it was yeah. very on brand for jason mm-hmm. so i i- mm-hmm. appreci- i appreciated the tweet very much
0: yeah, yeah, he that was well done <laughs> um, so um yeah, so there we go that was uh so we've
1: got a uh, an, uh you know probably the deserving one seed steamrolled everybody in the bracket versus the three seed terms of the show, but a concert and a run that we've, you know, waxed poetic about incessantly over several of these episodes that we've done. And so I think it is like, what is actually the best show versus like a memory that people have and, Mm -hmm. So what will people vote for? Will they vote for, you know, will they vote, will they vote head or will they vote heart? You know?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you would think with, with music, it's, it should be heart, but who knows, who knows? knows? Um, So we'll throw that out for folks uh, here in the, the next week or so uh, to, to jump in and, and make their voice heard. Um, So so yeah, anything else um, in the world of music? Did you have you listened to the uh, the new My Morning Jacket I record? I knew
1: you were going to ask me that. I knew. Well,
0: it. I mean, there there been n- not a whole lot of new records released in the last four months, so yeah, that one kind of sticks out. Um, I will say that I didn't really know until maybe like this morning.
1: That (laughs) put out a record Um, and I read a review that said it was really good and then I remember I read it and I was going to say maybe I'll casually bring it up and be like hey Harvey I bet you've listened to this what do you think but I also Mm -hmm. thought that you're going to ask me about it and lo and behold Mm -hmm. you did so I will be honest and say I have not listened to it um, but I would love to hear what you think and then I will come back and tell you what I have been listening to
0: okay um No. And so I think I probably saw the same review that, that, that you, that you saw. Um, And yeah, I mean, it is, so I I will say this, I went in, I mean, I, I like my morning jacket, I would say uh, for the better part of the, you know, the, I don't know, what, what are the, is that, what was the decade that we just completed? Were those the teens? Teens and the aughts, teens okay. then
1: aughts, yeah.
0: I mean aughts and then teens, right? <laughs> aughts
1: like, then teens, yeah.
0: Yeah. So for the better part of the teens, uh, I would say that My Morning Jacket was probably my favorite band. Um, as far as like if they were playing next door to to Panic, I would go see Jacket in 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 that era, you know. And I was we can go on and on about how we had drifted away from from Panic in that time. But anyway, that being said, um, I like the band. I like you know, I like them a lot the 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 first waterfall record, which came out I think five years ago mm-hmm. um, was really good. It was really well received. I think more than I liked it, you know what I mean like p- other people liked it more than I liked it. I thought it was perfectly good, but not like the greatest thing I've ever heard. So when th- when they when I had heard that this was coming out, my first thought was, these are the songs that weren't good enough to make it on the first waterfall record. And I just kind of like, Oh, well, I mean, I just like that, but that like, it can't be as good as that, you know? Um, and, and I would say, and what I've read since then was that, no, they actually, you know, originally planned for the waterfall to be like a sprawling white album kind of record. Um, and that they actually held these songs back for another album. It wasn't like these weren't just the after, you know, these weren't the ones left on the cutting room floor. It was they had a mindset to make a different record, and I think it shows because they definitely are songs that that were that are better than what were on the first waterfall record. Mm-hmm. So, <clears> all that being said, I think you know I was not expecting much and was pleasantly surprised with how good it was. Um, it holds up on on fall on, you know, successive listenings. And um, yeah, I like it a lot. It's, I might even like it better than the first waterfall. Although I don't know, I haven't listened to it in a while, Um, but it's good. It's definitely, you know, I mean, they're the thing that I love about them is that you just can't pin them down. You know what I mean? And you'll hear things that are like, Oh, that sounds like this thing they did 10 years ago, but it's like every record. I feel like they're kind of going after different things. And this is, just like you know they continue that with this record and uh and that makes me happy because it means that they're you know continuing the creative process and uh so yeah I dig it well good yeah good I will check
1: it out I um like I said (laughs) I just didn't know
0: Um, and there and there are a couple there are a couple tracks on there that look like they could be or sound like they could be real fun in concert sort of like vehicles, uh, for exploration, which is cool.
1: Cool. Um, well, what I've been listening to aside from the usual array of old stuff is the new Margot price record
2: Hmm. produced
1: by your friend Sturgill. Yeah. Uh, Um, that's how rumors get started. Awesome record. She's pretty fantastic. Um, I bought the, I got it at Ghana records here in Memphis the other day and the, Kid behind the cou- kid, he's he's not a kid. Cole uh, behind the counter, um set it aside for me, and I picked it up on my way home from work on Friday, and we were we were talking about it, and I said, yeah, I really liked her last record, and you know, I just think, you know, she's so honest, and her songwriting's really great, and she's you know fun live, and. So, but I really just, you know, just had a newfound like respect and interest for when she just freely admitted that she took a bunch of acid when she sat in with Panic at Lachin Festival Mm -hmm. and and did a piece of my heart and uh, rock steady. I was like, and he kind of was, his eyes got really big. And I was like, that was really super cool. You know, just her sitting in with Panic and then doing those two songs, which are great, and then basically admitting that, you know, she was under the influence. So um, yeah. I like that record a lot that I uh, picked okay. up and then the usual array of used things here and there. Um, one thing that I've been enjoying a lot is last episode you yelled at me because I hadn't listened to for Panic lately. Mm. so so i went back and i listened to some widespread panic before mm. you harvey so i listened to summer 99 and summer 2000 and i found a couple gems that i had not mm. heard before mm. so so in my best wisconsin accent um so july 99 we had played some shows from there, the Whitefish Show in 7-9 is a popular shot. We did the Ranch Bowl uh, City Market back-to-back where the cops interrupted the show. Uh, we did seven sixteen Peoria where there were clouds forming in the uh, lobby. Um, we just talked about seven twenty one a little bit, um, so on and so forth. But I took a deep dive in Red Rocks 99. We've done some stuff from and St. Louis, the run prior. So anyway, I picked out a couple of things to, that I listened to that I really liked from july 10th and july 11th uh, from bozeman and i think it's the 10th with a glory pigeons cream puff second set opener with like a really massive glory in it Mm -hmm. and then 7-eleven uh jackson wyoming um going out west tallboy love tractor Pusherman, gradle um to start the show and then uh City of Dreams, Mr. Soul Encore, which is really good, but I think it's the the Bozeman show on the tenth was the
0: show that I thought was really pretty awesome. You Um, know, what's the massive first
1: set diner too?
0: Yeah, I want to go back and look because I, you know, you 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 mentioned that to me, and then there are times when I'll just um, for lack of ignore my texts. Well, (laughs) I do that sometimes, but mostly. Like for lack of inspiration with music, sometimes I'll just plug in my phone and hit random Mm -hmm. shuffle. And I've got in my iTunes library, like I think every panic show from like 95 through 02, you know. And so sometimes you get on these runs of just like, oh, great. Here's a, you know, an audience tape from 98 of, you know. Mm -hmm. And Avis, or I don't know, you know, whatever, it's something uninspiring. And I, I really think maybe this, because I remember it was like I saw that it was Glory, and I was like, oh, cool, you know, Summer '99 Glory. That's a, that'll be fun. And um, and then I remember like looking back at this at the radio in the car, like five minutes later, I'm like, this is still going on. Like this is still Glory. And mm-hmm. um, I think it might have been this show. Now that you mention it, um, it's a good that's one. cool. And yeah.
1: then uh seven twenty-four ninety nine from Merriweather Post, a massive Oh yeah, that's a great show. Massive first show. set uh Hatfields, like a sixteen minute Hatfield. Um, that show's really good.
0: That's it's- some of my favorite uh Dirty Dozen um work from that summer, the Big Wooly Jam Rebertha.
1: I would I agree. I think that's my favorite uh Dirty Dozen it was summer ninety nine. Aside from, you know, New Orleans ninety eight, but um, I just think they were they were a lot more interesting then too. You know, by the time they were around again for, I guess, would have been fall 01 um, and go to spots, different spots. Um, yeah, it was not nearly as interesting. And then, so July of 2000, I skipped ahead a little bit. Um, we're recording this on the 20 what to say 27th. So 20 years ago tomorrow, when we're recording this, the Atlantic City show. 728 with the most ridiculous first set, uh, Pigeons, Pusher Man, Climb to Safety, Genesis, Big Wooly, Red Hot Mama, Coconut, Maggot Brain, Chili. Wow. And that's like fantasy booking panic, right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just like, that's, that's what you scribble on the placemat at the Waffle House at like 3.30 in the morning. And you're like, uh-huh. this is what I want him to play tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in, you know, instead you get an old Joe or something like that. But, mm-hmm. um, but like that's one of those shows where they actually did it, and it's funny that they did it in Atlantic City, um, you know, Casino Town in a casino. I suppose I don't know which one, but anyway, that show is really good. The uh, the Genesis Big Willie Red Hat Mama Coconut especially is just is so strong, and the second set, um, you know, post drums is Eana G, Christmas Katie, and then bow-legged, you know, it's just kind of like two kind of uh, songs coming out of drums and like, Oh yeah, now I remember what we were doing. We were doing this and then they mm-hmm. played bow-legged. So, so that's what I've been, that's what I've been okay. listening to. Um, I went back and I was trying to, uh, I've been, the baby likes to dance. Mm. So playing a lot of like groove jazz, like seventies, early seventies prestige releases and stuff, a lot of organ jazz and reminded me of the thing that drives me crazy which is there's like on every album there's one song that's just awesome and then like four songs that suck Mm. because it'll be like one super like groove heavy dance track that's like 10 minutes long and then the others will be like really cheesy loungy versions of like simon and garfunkel covers or something like that um but the baby seems to like it so my recommendation in that uh, a genre or uh, of music is a song by Gene Harris and the three sounds. And it's called your love is just too much. And it's like maybe about three minutes long, but it is, it's a hot it's a hard three minutes. No, um, it's, hot. it's a hot three minutes. So yeah, that's my other uh, recommendation. Of okay. So can thank, nice. uh, thank Ellison for you know resp- responding to music unlike his brother who's in like in a in a serious like big dumb rock and roll phase right now I, you know i was questioned about well, like his techno phase and then he went into like a top 40 phase where he knew all the words to like rihanna songs rihanna songs but now he's listening to like anything that's on a soundtrack for a movie that he watches so it's a lot of again like big dumb Arena rock sounding for like band a band called Skillet. Have you heard of Skillet
0: before? I uh, have not. So no. yeah,
1: Presley's into Skillet right now. So um, I haven't given up totally, but it's uh it's pretty clear that he's just going to rebel against anything I like. It's mm-hmm. So the baby, but the baby though has he and I seem to be on the same page about uh, several things, and uh, and music is one of them right now. So fingers crossed that pans out.
0: Okay. Yeah. Good luck with that. I don't, um, (laughs) I don't really let my kids listen to anything. That's not my, like the one thing that that managed to get its way into the rotation was the, was the old town road. Like that somehow got in and I was like, Oh my God, you know, but, uh, I fought that off. And what I, what we started doing, cause you know, they're addicted to television, but we try not to let them watch too much is, um, On the Apple TV, if you play music from Apple Music, it'll show you like the lyrics as they're happening, like Mm. in big, you know, big, large font on the big screen. And so like that actually gets them kind of into it. Like normally if the music's just on, they kind of just ignore it. But if the screen is on and they've got the album art and the lyrics running through, they Quincy at least actually will kind of pay attention and get into it. So Mm -hmm. that's my new strategy now.
1: Ah, there you go. So awesome. but he did go on like this whole long thing the other day about how he doesn't like kids bop. And okay. play, he said something like if Jeremy and I ever hear kids pop, we are just going to barf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. It's pretty uh-huh. terrible. Do you know what kids Bop is?
0: I, I do know what it is. Okay. I, I don't know that I've listened to much of it. But... No, you don't need to. It just, it, it, it'll hurt your brain. Mm. Um, did you know that, uh, that today is, uh, Bugs Bunny's 80th birthday? <laughs> no, I did not. No. Mazel Tov, Bugs. Um, that led us to the conversation of, and I know that, you know, uh, Mount Rushmore now has, has, you know, additional <laughs> baggage, but, um, who, who is the Mount Rushmore of, uh, cartoon characters? Oh, and you know, does his bugs on there? Um, you know, I think where we ended up was that Mickey is sort of like George Washington. Like you kind of, you have to have Mickey on there. Uh, and then, then after that, you're probably looking at bugs. Um, and then Scooby doo, maybe then you get, you know, so that's covering your Hanna-Barbera and your Looney tunes and your Disney. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then the fourth one is what's sort of up in the air. I think you know you could do uh, you could do a, a Homer Simpson or mm-hmm. um, maybe Snoopy. Mm. Uh, you know, some tough calls, tough calls all around. But
1: uh, wow, that's a random Mount Rushmore, um, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> even though I can't say I've ever enjoyed anything mickey mouse related but yes i agree respect um bugs uh who is your second one oh you had uh, you had um, scooby doo yeah i'm yeah. we'll put scooby in there um i think i'd probably go i'm gonna go garfield Just... oh okay um and then i think it's pretty hard to not go with I mean you said Homer, I guess I would go with Bart Simpson. Um but Homer well, would No yeah, no 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 I said four. I said four. Okay. I said Bugs and Mickey Mouse and Garfield and then I'll say okay, I'll say Homer. I agree.
0: Homer. Okay. So no Scooby you're leaving Scooby off.
1: I've never been it was a big uh fan of the uh of Scooby Doo. No. So I was a big Cartoon Express guy. I liked like a uh, Space Ghost and the Herculoids and uh, there was Teen Force
0: and Jabberjaw. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 Jabberjaw. No, was J- that just on Wisconsin TV? Or? <laughs> it
1: was on the it was on USA, the USA Cartoon okay. Express. Mm. There are people uh, out there that know of what I speak.
0: Okay, one more uh, one more question. Have you watched? You haven't listened to the new My Morning Jacket record. Have mm-hmm. you watched Hamilton?
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, we've watched. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Columbo lately, which is on Sundance, but it's also on. I guess it's streaming on Amazon or, or, or Peacock, maybe. Um, it just randomly was on on Sundance one night, and I started watching it, and just. It makes me feel like I'm 70, but it is sincerely enjoyable television. There was a whole New York times thing. I think in Sunday's times about this critic that was supposed to watch all this high minded stuff and just ended up watching a lot of Columbo. Mm -hmm. Um, and then was really into the show Indian Matchmaking on Netflix, which was excellent. Uh, new season of ninety day, two new seasons of 98, 90 day fiance have dropped since we last last talked. Um, so yeah, some good. And then with uh, Fred Willard's passing, I went back and watched uh, Waiting for Guffman and Best in Show, um,
0: and mm, I enjoyed that. I haven't watched stuff. Best in Show in a while. That's such a good one. That's pretty funny. Um, Okay, how about uh, the, the kids love uh, The Floor is Lava? Oh, yeah, love The Floor is Lava. That? Yeah, that's okay. great.
1: Super enjoyable. That's good, fam- yeah. that's good family viewing.
0: I it think. is family fun. And it's like, you know, because it, it's not like Ninja Warrior where you're seeing these like freakish athletes. It's like, <laughs> it's mostly just people like us, maybe a little more athletic, but you know what I mean? It's not like these ridiculous feats of strength.
1: yes that's true it's actually something we could do unlike the like uh the titan games with uh uh the rock it's pretty hilarious um the creativity that they put into like killing themselves so um okay i have a question for you okay hashtag rename rup harvey
0: no oh man um hot tics (laughs) so okay um. All right, I honestly could care less. It, it really isn't that big of a deal to me. The I do think, however, uh, when you look at the actual history, that um, if you don't, if you take away a book and a movie, and and maybe his name's not Adolf. I don't know <laughs> that, that people would think of him as a racist. <laughs> honestly. Um, I mean, you laugh, but I mean, it it doesn't help. It doesn't help things. And, um, Has that been a topic on uh, Kentucky sports radio with Matt Jones? Uh, it has, I mean, not specifically his name, but just, you know, and I mean, the point that, that Matt makes is that, you know, people care strongly on both sides of this. And and it's unfortunate that there's going to be, you know, some disagreement, um, I think honestly, though, if you look at the history, that you know, I think he, um, well, I don't have all this stuff in front of me, but you know, there were there were several times when he tried to integrate the, uh, Kentucky's basketball program and was and was not allowed to by the conference and by the school mm-hmm. president, um, and you know, and then I think at, after a while, then it became harder for him to do that because you know the impression was that you know, you couldn't, Black people didn't want to play in the SEC because, you know, you have to go down to Mississippi and Alabama and who wants to do that? Um, and so I think it was just, he was, and I mean, I'm sure that he, maybe he could have done more, but I feel in a lot of ways that he was just a predict, you know, he was a victim of the predicament of the time and the place, you know what I mean? And it wasn't just, there weren't active things that he was doing that was, you um, I mean, hell, in the what the '66 Final Four uh, was it Duke or North Carolina? One of those schools was in the Final Four with an all-white team too. So um, it wasn't Kentucky was not unique in that situation sure. uh, at that time. And so, um, all that being said, though, I certainly understand that people would might feel offended by it. But but in some ways, I think that's just because they don't know um maybe all the facts and uh sure i don't i'm you're not i'm not one that's gonna say that's enough of the cancel culture i mean i'm you know take down all the confederate statues you want to take down is good with me <laughs> um, but i think this one is maybe a little more complex you know sure it's not as simple. if you know maybe if he had uh, owned slaves or, or done terrible things like some of these people did uh it would be an easier call but uh i just don't, i don't know that there's enough there um and what's unfortunate is that the 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 uh, group that had that made this request and i think honestly i don't i feel like well i don't know i mean they made like seven other requests of the university about you know uh changing policies to to increase diversity in mm-hmm. in in the faculty and the student body um and none of that gets talked about and it's only the last item which was about rename uprina and so Maybe they shouldn't have done that, but then if they hadn't done that, then nobody would have been talking about it anyway. You know? Sure. Um, but it's unfortunate that that sort of over, you know uh, outshines maybe the more important things that they uh, were seeking. Sure. So, I don't know. It's not like, I mean, it's not like the Redskins, like, you know, that was a long time coming. Sure. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. What do you think? Do you, I mean, I guess maybe if you don't know, if you don't know all the history, it's hard to, to chime in, but, um,
1: Harvey, it's 2020. I mean, you're, everybody's fully empowered to give a hot take. You, <laughs> knowing the facts. Um, There's a, there, was,
0: there was a great, uh, like cartoon I saw about, like, it was like scientists looking at the screen and they're like, I know we've dedicated our entire life to this, but this guy on Facebook makes some pretty good points. <laughs>
1: yeah (laughs) pretty pretty much um no i i i totally understand where it's where it's coming from um obviously i'm not a you know I'm, i'm 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 the indiana fan you're the kentucky fan um both have head coaches with incredible amounts of success and a lot of controversy that have followed them. Obviously Knight was much more active in, in the controversy and rep is basically it's just by reputation. It's just by reputation and generalization and stereotyping, you know, well, it, and, it, well, and, and... well, part of it is, is you mentioned the 66 championship game. It's like, regardless of, of what, of what else is going on the story is always the all-black Texas Western team versus the all-white Kentucky team. And I think a lot of people start there with that part of the story and kind of work their way backwards from there. Mm -hmm. And then, yes, and then you you see Adolf Rupp, you hear Adolf Rupp. His looks and his voice never really did him any favors. um, (laughs) For for that sort of thing. So it's just like, you know, from A to B to C, um, yeah. It's just it's I, easy. Totally, it's it's, like an easy yes, it's easy. Yeah. And and, and so it, I, I understand where it's coming from. And I, and I think that, um, you know, you could probably include half of the SEC football stadiums, <laughs> SEC and basketball, basketball arenas, maybe, and, 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 and other facilities right. and you just start going around. I mean, it was just, uh, it's that, that moment in, in history is so, it's so complicated for lots of reasons and and now it's just you know as things as the, as time rolls on there's more and more stuff that's going to get uh, brought out and scrutinized a little heavier and now it seems we've we've reached that point with
0: kentucky basketball yeah yeah um yeah and we've even we're even talking about on the bluest tape which is uh you know so <laughs> um but one thing that you know what a lot of people said and this is my last thing on rup is that people who knew him and dealt with him that all he cared about was winning. Oh, yeah. And so, he and so he would have like, he wanted black players because he thought <laughs> it gave him a better chance to win. Honestly. And that better was a chance and, to beat UCLA. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And so that's why, you know, he, he, I mean, it's easy to say, I don't see color and that, you know, that has its own problems, right. Talking about things like that. But I think literally he, he really didn't care about, you know, how you looked as long as you could play, you know, and, um, so it was. I think maybe the other uh, limitations that were that were causing, you know, the the lack of diversity in his program. So,
1: um, and then last question. This isn't really a yeah. hot take, but it's more okay. uh, pertinent to what's actually happening today, July twenty seventh. Will Major League Baseball finish its season?
0: Oh fuck, man! I was. Um, I enjoyed. So, as we record this, it's Monday night. I was recording because who knows what will happen by the time this gets released. You're
1: going to release it Thursday.
0: Okay. Um, I was. I enjoyed this past weekend so much. It was so. I realized that it was weird with the empty you know stadiums and stuff. But man, it just felt. I just enjoyed. I watched baseball a ton this past weekend, and um, and then this morning when I was uh, getting ready to. To do something, and I saw that hit the hit the wire. That basically, you know, a third of the Marlins team has mm-hmm. has COVID nineteen. Uh, it just, you know, it hit me that yeah, that that's not good. Um, so that makes me sad. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I think that was my concern all along. Was what do you do when a team you know has to shut down? How, how do you handle that? You know what I mean? And then so you're like, okay, well we can get around that. It's okay, well when there's when are there two teams shut down? Like what do you you know what I mean? And um so I don't know. I mean, I think clearly the NBA has got a better plan in place to do the bubble. It's not strip um, club proof though, Harvey. That's true. That's true. <laughs> shouts
1: does... shouts to Lou Williams, by the way. I mean yeah way to I mean, God love him. It's just, right. it's
0: just the best
1: Best part of the weekend, honestly.
0: Can <laughs> kind of but um, yeah. So you know, just the fact that the that the baseball teams are traveling, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, but you know, I mean, you're only talking about what nine, ten weeks. Um, maybe, maybe they can get there, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tough. I think. What do you think?
1: No, they will not finish.
0: No way. It's, it's going to shut down.
1: I just, I, well if thankfully <laughs> thankfully they caught it for they seem to have caught it before it spread too far, at least with among two teams. but mm-hmm. the fact that I just can't get over this um the fact that Major league baseball is like a one hundred and thirteen page reentry like you know protocol yet Mm -hmm. the marlins had a team meeting and decided to go play after they found out three of their players had coronavirus Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're just like what do you guys think should we go out and do this thing they're like yeah Mm -hmm. we can
0: go play (laughs) they didn't cover that they didn't cover that edge case jeff
1: no i mean that that, uh (laughs) the The
0: starting pitcher the scheduled (laughs) starting pitcher has coronavirus should we play (laughs) Well, you know, Bill. Bill's been looking pretty good in the bullpen. I think he's good for five or six innings.
1: I mean, just that aspect of it was like, if if you can't, if that that's happening right off the bat, it's just it's Mm -hmm. not it's not going to happen. So not a good sign. Um, you know, the you know, obviously here in Memphis with the Grizzlies, we were excited for the season to get started, and you know, obviously just really want it. Just want the I just want the bubble to work. You know, I. Mm -hmm grown a new appreciation for the NBA over the past few years and you know, they've always to me seemed like the smartest league. Um yeah. you know, and I think that's based on their leadership and their sort of the unit the unity that the ownership has and you know the fairly decent relationship that they have, the players association and the and the and the league have as opposed to Major League Baseball, which is a nightmare. Um so it just it seems like it's really well thought out. You know, it's kind of a cool idea, but I'm concerned again as we get further in. You know, six six eight weeks in, how how was how is ever you going to keep everybody in and
0: not? Just... Why why is it taking them so long to get started? I mean, it feels like it could have, have gotten going yes. a while
1: ago. I but... agree. I agree. Um, they just finished their scrimmages and I think opening nights this weekend. So the fact that there's going to be NBA basketball on like during the afternoon, most days is pretty cool. Um, yeah. I look for, I mean, that's never happened in our lifetimes ever, like on a, on a weekday, at least in the televised basketball era. The only, uh, week, weekday game, only day games are basically like on Martin Luther King day, Christmas and, you know, playoffs sometimes, but never on weekdays. You know, Um, so that's going to be interesting too. So,
0: and I mean, I think I'll actually probably enjoy watching it more without like the millionaires sitting on court. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's going to be more like street ball. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be more about these guys going after each other than this big show of (laughs) you know what I mean. Insert Uh, insert
1: unknown you tech millionaire next to supermodel seven inches taller than him. Um, <laughs> plus Lou Adler and Jack. Nick- oh, Jack's probably not going anymore, but Lou Adler, Lou Adler will still yep. be courtside. So, um, all, right. Well, all right. Should we recommend oh. some music? Should we tack some music onto the end of this for the, for yeah. The, for, yeah. For what
0: should kid? we do? You you, you got the two, one of those 2000 things. That yeah.
1: You one of those 99, 2000 shows. I think we should go with, with, uh, Summer 99 show, which I guess isn't really an anniversary, but I think we should go with this uh, Meriwether post-show from uh, 99 okay um i think it's a pretty good one and you can pick whatever you want to play as long as you play include the hatfield so i guess it would be hat yeah but it's hatfield bears gone fishing sleeping man you i know how you feel about bears gone fishing
0: you know what i'm ready i can do it jeff and maybe it'll be super awesome fantastic so
1: maybe super awesome fantastic and then you've got a great the you've got good dirty dozen stuff in the uh in the um second set that's pretty good
0: so we i feel like we put did we play that in our uh in our another joyous occasion um we may have volume two i think we might have done uh some of that stuff so uh i don't know i'll have to look but um anyway
1: so we're gonna post this this week and we're gonna vote and then we'll come back and we'll uh do another show maybe in august we've got we've got all we're gonna have and we we didn't get into virtual school we didn't mm-hmm. get into politics. Um, we didn't talk about, um, what else haven't we talked about? It, lots of things. So we've got all, yeah. we, just so much between now and, you know. We nobody. haven't
0: talked about any any appliance failures. So that's Knock on that's wood. been good. Knock on wood. Um, um, I mean, we already covered the dishwasher, right? Was that last yes, time? Yes, that was.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. we, right. We've heard all of the stories now, I think. Okay. So. um Um, well we haven't heard them
0: all i've had another i've had another one since then (laughs) oh man all right it's been a great it's been a great year Uh, how many more days are left in this i mean i know we've got 99 days left of one thing but we have a few more of 2020 yes Yes. so So. all right Um, well good to catch up thanks for listening yeah thanks for listening everybody uh bluestape.com uh follow us on twitter uh and the facebook and uh always appreciate listening hearing what everybody has to say and um yeah it's been fun hopefully that maybe we'll get another 90s show on the uh on the on the never miss a sunday show web webcast
1: yeah hope so hope so all right thanks
0: everybody <laughs> take care Hello, Hi-